Hi everyone, this is Ralph Russo from the AP. The coronavirus pandemic ranks among one of the most consequential stories ever covered by the Associated Press in its 170 year history. We've launched a new series as part of our Ground Game podcast, where I go inside the hard hit areas and all the places in between with the AP's global team of journalists as the world tries to stem the spread of the virus. What you're about to hear is an episode of that podcast. I encourage you to subscribe to Ground Game Inside the Outbreak on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Difficult days are ahead for our nation. We're going to have a couple of weeks starting pretty much uh, now, but especially a few days from now that are going to be horrific. I'm Julie Pace, Washington Bureau Chief for the Associated Press, and this is Ground Game. The coronavirus pandemic ranks among one of the most consequential stories ever covered by the Associated Press in its 170-year history. Here to take you inside the outbreak is AP's Ralph Russo. From the Associated Press, this is Inside the Outbreak. I'm Ralph Russo. Today is Thursday, April 2nd. The coronavirus continues to take a devastating toll on the U.S. economy. Jobless claims reached 6.6 million this week, doubling the record set just last week. My guest today is AP national writer and director of digital innovation, Ted Anthony. Ted has been leading the AP's reporting into the ripple effects of the virus and how it is trickling into parts of our lives that are both monumental and mundane. Central to the coverage is this question. What were we as a global community before the coronavirus and what will we be after? And how do you chronicle that in real time? Ted, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm glad to be here, Ralph. Thank you. So let's start with a very big picture question. Explain the type of reporting and the storylines related to the coronavirus outbreak that you're trying to pursue with the AP's Ripple's team. Basically, what's the mission statement here? So the mission statement, Ralph, is that in every major story, particularly stories that are cataclysmic as this one is, we find that we are very, very, very good at doing the breaking news, at doing what's immediately off the breaking news. And sometimes we figure out what it means to society and how it affects people all around the world. Uh, We're trying to institutionalize that here. We're trying to make sure that the changes that this coronavirus is causing to the world, both daily life and perhaps longer term, are chronicled, that our reporters see those things, they capture them, and they look at what might be minute changes in our life right now and the larger things that uh, might ripple out for months and years to come, hence the name of the team, the Ripples team. What are some of the examples of the stories uh, being worked on in areas of day-to-day life that may be impacted here? Were you even surprised at maybe some of the things that are being affected by the coronavirus? I'm not so surprised at what's being impacted. I'm more surprised that, you know, there's, it's how 
numerous it is, how it is touching absolutely everything. I'll discuss first a, a story we did this morning that was um, looking at the different challenges and plights of introverts and extroverts in this new uh, temporarily isolated world and how people who absolutely thrive on social contact are struggling a little bit. And those who perhaps get less of their energy from interacting with lots of people are finding that it's uh, it's comfortable for them. However, as with anything, that's not a hard and fast rule. So digging into something like that, which is a, a little piece of daily life that we may not often think of, is, uh, is, is what we're drilling into. We also had a really, really interesting piece about people who face seasonal allergies every year. And it's an annoyance. It's something that they deal with. They'll take their, their Claritin or their Zyrtec. But this year, because some of the symptoms of, of allergies may seem like some of the symptoms of coronavirus here and there, Allergy season is a lot more of a stressful time for people who are even people who are accustomed to dealing with it. So things like that. Those are two small form parts of it. And we're also dealing with bigger picture things. So what are the challenges of examining the impact of an outbreak in real time? I think you have to be careful to make sure that uh, the your, your readers, your audience understands that these are snapshots in many ways that we are going just as with any other news. It's an iterative process. We're going with best available information and we're trying to to capture a moment. Now, wh where that differs is the AP has people who cover places and who cover themes regularly. And so they can bring their expertise to those moments and perhaps give them a little bit more context than they might otherwise have. But what we can't do is say, this has changed like this forever because we, we simply don't know. But I'm finding that there is a huge hunger and our numbers back this up, a, a huge hunger for people understanding how this is changing other people's lives and by extension their own. And that that is another way into this that supplements all of the breaking news that you're hearing and seeing all of the time. So I know from reporting on my own beat, and you made reference to this a little bit about sort of gazing into the future. So reporting on my own beat, which is college sports, it's tempting to try to forecast the future because to a certain degree, I think we're all sort of clamoring for answers to what's ahead. When will this end? How much will it cost? Things along those lines. How do you try to report on long-term consequences responsibly with so much uncertainty? And honestly, I, I when I wrote this question, I thought to myself, this is almost as much a reporting question that could be used anytime as well as right now with the coronavirus. But specifically with this story where, again, so much is changing so fast, how do you gaze into the future responsibly? I think that one way of doing it is to look at what I call negative space. I've been in, talking to some of our journalists about this. We are very good as journalists at chronicling what is, but we are not so good at chronicling what isn't, what's absent, what has gone away. And a lot of this story from, at least for the coverage zone that I'm overseeing, a lot of this story is what has gone away? What don't we have anymore? And so I think you can drill into that, that without prognosticating, without looking forward toward the future, you can show people what is missing right now from life. And through that, you can get them thinking about, you know, what the long-term implications might be. I, I think of one story that we're just starting work on, which is we're going to look at some places around the world that base their entire economies or great parts of their economies on tourism. And the title for this package is going to be called The Unvisited. And what happens to places when the lifeblood of what they do is suddenly gone. We've examined that in a lot of different perspectives, ob more obviously with jobs, with uh, things that people aren't doing in their, their home life. But have we looked at communities where visitors are 
the absolute central part of a, a community's existence. So if we can make a catalog of some of the things that have disappeared, we don't have to say or, or predict whether they're temporary or permanent, but we can show people what's missing and that gives them a sense of the shape of the world right now. And that gives them some, some tools to look at what it might be if this type of thing, this type of absence continues. So I saw one story and I'm not sure if it's hit the wire yet or if it's something that's still in, in production, so to speak about baguettes in France. And I thought this was a perfect example of something, again, that's somewhat mundane, but is maybe a drastic change for people who live in that part of the world. Yeah, we actually ran that a couple days ago. And I, it's interesting. I like your use of the word mundane because mundane, we, we're kind of reclaiming that word right now. Mundane is a word that's often used to mean sort of low level, but mundane comes, I believe, from the word for world. And so we're hoping to get mundane pieces that touch people on those very, very small and basic levels. In the baguette story, um, John Lester in, in France looked at how this morning ritual of going out and getting your daily bread hot and fresh every morning is being impacted. And in fact, the, the uproar that was caused when one French mayor said, hey, go get a few loaves and freeze them so you're not going out as much, which uh, in France uh, caused as much of an uproar as if they were suggesting that they take away all wine and cheese. So looking at those aspects of it, that's a postage stamp size story that tells a bigger story about what life feels like. So Ted, you've been involved in reporting of 9-11, reporting of Katrina, the major stories of the last few decades. Uh, at what point did the enormity of this story hit you? That's a really good question. I think that I talk a lot in, in some of the stories that I write about how this is a different kind of event because it's not an event for most people that hits them. It's an event that walked up to them and kind of knocked on their door. And I think we realized after a few days of not going out, after a few days of the, the cancellations and the, the fact that some of the teams finished their spring training games and, and walked off the field never to come back on it again, at least until now, that there was there was some point, I, I would suppose it was a couple of days before St. Patrick's Day when we realized, wow, this is systemic. This is institutional. This is something that is changing people's lives. And that moment was gradual. But I think that by March 20th, 21st or so, everybody realized that we had to figure out what was happening with life, not just with the major things that were put on pause for a day or two or three, but that this could be something that stretched out into the long term. And now, as we see, it is. Yeah, this does feel like something that has gone from it's coming to it's here to it's everywhere in, in a blink of an eye where it seems like there was a lot of time to prepare for it. But in many ways, it, it sort of snuck up on us. Ted Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking time during what is a busy time for all of us, especially covering this virus. I appreciate your insight as well. Thank you, Ralph. That's it for this episode of Ground Game. We'll be here every step of the way during this extraordinary moment in American politics and American life, giving you all the news you need to know. Be sure to tell a friend about us, and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Some of the details of our discussion may have changed by the time you hear this. For up-to-date developments on all of your news, head over to apnews.com. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 